right, we are about, about time for us to begin, maybe a little bit over. Um, first of all, I would just like to uh, just say thank you. Um, it's encouraging to see the interest in studying God's Word. Really appreciate the patience that you all have had uh, with uh, some of the challenges that I've, I've had. I will say I feel a little bit overwhelmed with all of this technology and papers and things. Um, my eyesight, uh, I just turned 45, is only slightly better than my Achilles. And so, still working through some distance issues, but, uh, but we'll get through it. Um, just a couple of things as we get started. So, um, as um, was sent out, as announced, uh, we are going to be meeting on the following Sunday afternoons. Right now, we've got five studies planned. Um, it, it might take more. I don't think it'll take less. Uh, but we'll, you know, I think we're, we're committed to seeing this through. And so if, if we need to, to make it more than five, we certainly can do that. I will say that um, right now we're scheduled, obviously, today, uh, the next two Sundays. And then we're going to take a couple-week break, one for the last Sunday singing. And then um, uh, I'm going to be doing some traveling, Lord willing, uh, the first week in February. Um, so... Um, so there's a little bit of a break there. Uh, I am hoping to meet with my surgeon tomorrow, and I've got a, a procedure scheduled for Thursday for skin graft. So I'd really appreciate your continued prayers in that regard. It's a really a good thing. It should, uh, Lord willing, speed up the healing process, and we're hoping that two weeks later I'll be able to walk. Um, but the first, as I understand, the first five days are super critical after that skin graft. So uh, after we talk to him, my availability next Sunday is a little bit up in the air and so we'll definitely be communicative on that as soon as possible um, if if nothing else i mean if a worst case scenario i should say is uh the the 15th we may not meet and then we might just tack on something i think getting into early march at that point um but again we'll be uh, communicative on that um again thank you for the prayers uh, not only for my health but also for the study i've talked to several of you and you've been very prayerful about um, the what we're going to be doing together um, over the next few weeks um, and that's just super comforting uh, that many people are going to God and asking for his blessings upon what we're going to be doing um, I, again the, the encouragement again just of your interest in God's word and uh, understanding it better and applying it um, and seeing if we can work together on that I think that's great the responses to the survey. We had many, many responses to the survey. I really appreciate that. A um, lot of common themes around what we want to accomplish um, and some questions that were asked that I think we're going we're gonna to be able to address. Some of those we will not be able to address. Uh, some of them are more maybe rule or process that maybe um, outside of the scope of what we're trying to accomplish here. And so, not meaning to be offensive on that, I have no idea who sent what questions. We did not capture email addresses, so, but if you have a question that does not get answered or addressed, uh, feel free to talk to me. You can talk to the elders as well. They have a copy of those responses as well. Uh, but we're not, not that's purposely trying to uh, exclude anyone, but we are trying to keep the focus of this uh, relative to uh, the goals that we're going to talk about here in just a second. So, thank you for, for doing that. So the goals of the study, and so this is similar to what John had sent out. I think it was John, one of the elders, had sent out a few weeks ago. This word is slightly different, but um, same spirit. But uh, what we want to do together is study the Bible for guidance regarding a local church and its finances. 
Um, I would say also we're going to talk about uh, church finances, but also church uh, resources and how do we appropriately use out those. We want to, there are several questions on that, so we want to make sure that uh, we have an opportunity to discuss that and look at God's word. We want to pattern our actions in keeping with biblical guidance. Uh, we want to do Bible things in Bible ways, if you've heard that, um, uh, that comment. But we want to make sure that we are compliant with what uh, the king wants us to do as a local group um, that meets here at Avon. Uh, we want to maintain and preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And we want to learn how to act in God-honoring way if and when we do not agree. And so we are actually going to approach these in reverse order uh, when we, when we, uh, as we get started in our study. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit more uh, early on about our attitudes and behaviors uh, that aren't just specific to the finance question, but it's just broadly speaking as, as Christians, as children of God, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, how do we uh, work toward, together with one another? Um, in terms of acting in God-honoring ways and maintaining uh, the unity of the uh, spirit in the bond of peace, I was reminded of Galatians 2.20, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And so as we enter this study and we think about our future studies, just the idea that uh, we have put the old self to death and it is Christ that lives in us and in our conversation, in um, maybe differences of opinion um, or how we see the scriptures different, um, let's be eager to let Christ shine within us, within our attitudes, within our tones, within our, the words we use um, as we work through the scriptures together. Um, let me pause here for a second. Um, in terms of anything I've covered, uh, the schedule, what we're trying to accomplish uh, together, our goals, any questions or comments that anyone would like to make? Did you remember the I did. I think that's the first time I've ever done it on time. So I'm pretty pleased with that. We're off to a good start. Oh, so we are going to go, uh, so 3.15 to 4.35. Um, you know, uh, well, I'll get into um, our approach here in just a second. Uh, so let me pause there. I've asked Bob Davis to lead us in a prayer as we get started. So Bob, if you would uh, do that. Oh, Holy Father, we, pray, we praise you, God, and, and as we come before you this, this afternoon, we give you thanks for uh, your word that you've given us. God, we can't imagine what it would be like to, to try to serve you and, and bring glory to you without your written word to guide us. And we know, Father, that you have made our minds, and our minds work perfectly when we bring our minds to bear on what you've written uh, in your book, for it is your mind written down, and we, we thank you, God, for it. Help us to revere your word, Father, and help us to cleave to it and let it guide every action of, of our lives. Father, no matter where we go or what we say, may we be doing those things in the light of, of the precious word that you've given us. We thank you for this opportunity to study this special subject about how we would handle the money that comes uh, on the first day of the week and, 
how we handle the things that come from that. Uh, Heavenly Father, before we want to uh, please you and glorify you in those things. And make sure, Father, that your will is being done. Guide us, Father, and help us to put aside our own selfish ambitions and our, perhaps even our own understanding to some degree as we look at your word again and, and be absolutely convinced that what we do and what we learn from it is glorifying you and according to your will. God, Ryan, we're thankful for him being willing to uh, uh, lead this study with us. And we're thankful for the efforts that he's put into it and the sacrifices his family has made to allow that. Thank you, God, for that. Uh, watch over us through our study. Keep, uh, keep our hearts uh, uh, open to your word and uh, hopefully uh, new and better understanding of your word will come out every hour over the next few weeks. May your blessings be upon us. We need you every hour. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Bob. All right, so um, our time together. So this is the approach that we're going to take in, in terms of uh, studying this together. Um, so first we're going to be talking about our attitudes, like our attitude towards each other and our attitude towards God's Word. And what I would say on this uh, also is that when I look at the responses to the survey, like every one of these items were reflected by one or more people in terms of, hey, what do you want to accomplish? What does success look like? Or what questions do you have? And every single one of these was, was talked about. Uh, there were questions about how do we work together through um, understanding and assessing God's word and making application and maybe when, particularly when we might have differences of opinion uh, or viewpoint on how we move forward. So. Um, I think it's important as we get started that we have the right frame of mind, that our hearts are in the right place, and not that we would purposely not be that way, but it's, a, it's good when we open up God's Word just to center ourselves on what are we trying to accomplish. So I want to talk about that during this first class. I don't know if all of these will be, there's five points, we've got five classes, I don't know if that's how it's going to work, but I will say that today we're going to talk about attitudes, um, and hopefully we'll get through all of that. Um, Next, we're going to talk about authority, the, the authority, God as our, our creator, Jesus as our king, the authority of scriptures, um, and kind of our attitude towards scripture. We'll, talk a, we'll touch a little bit on that today, but I really want us to think about um, how we view scripture and the role that it plays in being that lamp to our feet. So we'll talk about that uh, the next time. We're going to get into assessing um, uh, the scripture. So this is thinking about how God communicates to us through his scripture. Like what is the process that we see, the pattern we see in scripture in terms of, of God revealing himself and how godly people react to that. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And what I would, I would say also on that, that and everything above is really, you know, it's, it's more, it's, it's a global types of conversations that apply to all Bible study. Um, I hope that this study isn't the last one we do, like this, where we come together and we just have questions and we have uh, perspectives and, and, and we feel like we need to become, look into the, look into the Bible and see how, how you, uh, united in the scripture that we can be on these things. And so part of this is a framework or a process that we should use as individuals, 
um, also as when we come together like this to study. And so I'm excited for us to go through this together um, and see how that informs us for the next time we might, we might want to do this. I would say also that what we're doing today, I think, is of the um, most important types of things that we do. Obviously, we come together on the first day of the week to worship, to partake of the Lord's Supper, but us being in the Word together um, is fantastic. And I think this is, this is a really good thing uh, that, that we're going to be doing uh, over the next few weeks. So we're going to look at our attitudes. We're going we're gonna to be kind of refreshed on the authority of God. Jesus is our king, the authority of scripture, how we, how we understand it, how we apply it. Then, then, and, 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 you know, then we're going to get into looking more specifically about the topic of hand. Um, but I think it's really important that we go through some of these maybe foundational or overarching types of conversations. We will probably um, start each session talking a little bit about our, our attitude and our heart, just to recenter us on, on, um, on God's word, honoring him, and then how do we show Christ in our, in, you know, in our conversation with one another. Um, then we'll talk about applying, and this is where we'll probably get into a little bit more specific about scenarios. So we're going to read God's word, and it's going to talk to us about um, the how the early church gathered money and how they spent it. And it looks different from what we do today. And so how do we apply those concepts, those principles, those commands and, and, and to our group today? And so we're going to talk about how we, how we apply that, how we let God's word direct our steps. Then there might be some other specific questions, right, that we get, in, uh, get into in that, um, in that fifth class. One of the things, uh, I'll just you know, be completely transparent as we go through this, is that you know, as we talk through this tendency to kind of get off path, right? And so I'm going to try really hard to keep us focused, but also make notes of, all right, this is, we, we started to go down this path. We need to pursue that, pick that up at some point so we don't lose track of it. If there's questions that we just need to put like on a parking lot list so that we come back to later, we want to we want to track those as well. Um, all right. Any any comments about about that or questions about how we're going to be spending our time together? Okay. So with that, um, we're going to be talking again uh, this afternoon about our attitude, our hearts, and our minds. Um, so, th- through studying God's Word, um, we, we uh, God's Word, we can let it work on our heart, right? And it can propel us to deeper, richer relationship uh, with one another. It can strengthen the unity that we have in Christ and in His Word, right? It gives us an opportunity to demonstrate Christ living in us, uh, God's Spirit filling our hearts, um, it can change our hearts and minds. And so we can, through reading scripture and studying it, and, and like this, we can realize there might be some changes that I need to make as an individual or collectively, and it can, it can work on us. And those, those are all really good things. Um, however, the flip side of that is, in this study, we may grow apart from one another. That, that is a risk. We may offend one another. Um, we may despise one another. We may get hurt. We may say the wrong things in the wrong way. 
that's the risk that we run when we have real conversations about God's word and we, uh, we become vulnerable sometimes, um, particularly when we are passionate about God's word and we're all passionate about God's word. Um, sometimes, particularly with uh, finances, uh, there's a lot of energy around that. And when we talk, we have passion, we talk with energy, there is uh, the opportunity for that to be misconstrued or misunderstood or motives assigned that weren't there. Um, and so I think we need to think really long and hard about, about our attitudes, right? About how we view one another. This is an opportunity um, for, well, no, let me put it, nobody wants this, right? Nobody wants to be hurt. No one wants to be, no one's looking for that. No one's trying to do that. And, and, we, and I just want us to be thinking about um, how we react when we're feeling that way, when those emotions are building up, when we feel our energy rising, why is that happening? And just taking a moment to think about how can we react uh, to those uh, in, in godly ways. So that's kind of what, that's what I want us to talk about. And I want us to start in Ephesians. You can go ahead and turn there. And as you're turning there, I want, you, want us to be thinking about this is an opportunity for self-reflection. This is not an opportunity, this should not be taken as an opportunity to be thinking about someone else. Um, when I was putting this together, I did a lot of self-reflection. And so I might say things about, hey, this might be a challenge for us. And I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I might be thinking about me. I probably am. And I'll try to be transparent in those situations just so you know. Um, maybe it will help what we're, what we're doing together. But this is a time for us to do some self-evaluation and self-reflection um, as we prepare for the study. All right. Um, can I get a volunteer to read the first 16 verses? Someone who can just kind of speak loud. Yeah, Mitch. Thank you. To the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness 
of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Alright, so kind of by, by way of reminder, chapters 1 through 3 talk about, beginning in chapter 1, all of the blessings we've received from God. That we've been adopted as, as sons, that we've been justified, we've been saved. God is doing so much work for us uh, on our behalf. He's blessing us so abundantly. And we then are praisers of God. In chapter 1, we, we tell the world, we tell everyone about the goodness of God. At the end of chapter 2, we talk about the power that God has, resurrection power, that he raised Christ from the dead so that we could be heirs. And in chapter 2, we talk about um, the kindness of God, that he has taken us as people who were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he has raised us to walk in newness of life so that we can show the good works uh, of God. So we are praisers of God because he's good, because he's powerful and able, and because he's kind. And then in chapter 3, we talk about how we, we are praisers of God because he is wise. Because when sin entered this world uh, through Adam and Eve, a giant mess was created and it just appeared. Like, how in the world can this, this that was unwound be wound back up and be made right? And God is the one who is wise. And he demonstrates his wisdom through, through his people. Um, chapter 4 opens up that we are to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. What does it look like for us to walk in a manner that is worthy of his calling? Humbly, faithfully. Humbly, faithfully. Being busy about his work. Being busy, active in his work. What else? Committed. Committed. Patient. Yeah, and if we, if we look at verse 2, it, it, it tells us that we walk worthy. I think verse 2 gives us clues in terms of what are some of those things that we should be doing. I like the NIV translation on this. It talks about us being completely humble. Like we are humble to its fullest extent, furthest extent. I'm not sure exactly how to say that. We are completely gentle. We are, we are being patient with one another. We're bearing with one another in love. And we have an eagerness uh, to maintain the unity uh, of the spirit in the bond of peace. And so this is where the self-reflection and the self-evaluation begins. Because what we need to do is we need to look and say, does that describe me? Am I walking in a manner that is worthy of the calling? What he's going to tell us and what Mitch read for us is that... God gave us gifts, elders, preachers, teachers, prophets, so that we can be equipped for the work of service 
And then what we see is a steady theme of grow and mature and build. And like we're, you know, he gives us all this stuff so that we can go. So the implication uh, here is that there are things we bring to the table. And if we don't do that as individuals, we undermine the ability of our group to excel in our growth and our maturity and our building up. Um, chapter 3 God demonstrates the power through his Holy Spirit that lives within us. And it talks about he's able to do far more abundantly than anything we can ask or think through the power that works in us. We're part of that. And so we bring this to the table. So, does that describe you? And I think the trap that I fall in is that there is a version of me that demonstrates this. Some of these. I try to, right? There is a version of me that does it. But that version of me doesn't exist 24-7. So I can, I can look at this and I think, yeah, I'm humble and gentle and patient. I bear with one another in love. I want us to be unified. But what about when things aren't going my way? What about when my brother or sister isn't acting right? What about when I'm frustrated or I'm angered? What about when we're having conversations where the stakes are high and emotions run strong? Do I exhibit complete humility, um, complete patience, or complete gentleness? Um, am, I, am I patient? Am I bearing with one another in love? Right. Yes, Mike. I think, I think it's important to think about the fact that, you know, sometimes, if we're not careful, we get into this idea that I became a Christian it was my decision, and so I can obviously make these decisions as well. But this really emphasizes, and it's all through the New Testament, but that God has called us. Yes, we have to make a decision, but it's a decision based on what God has called. So our decision is actually a response. Mm -hmm. And so in, in a lot of these cases, um, I mean, there's obviously some freedoms that are involved, but in a lot of these cases, um, we have to go back and realize, what has God called me to? God has called me to holiness, because he is holy. And if I try to remember that, then a lot of these other things should be kept in place. Right. Now, kind of a spoiler alert, one of the things that we're going to talk about later is that while we need Jesus, and it's not that we accept him, and now you look at someone else, like, oh, that person over there, they need Jesus. We need him, and we need him every single day. And we need him to, um, we, we need him to take over, right? We, uh, in verse 29, I think it talks about us walking in, um, uh, 20 minutes in, I've already got my uh, scripture. 23, that we need to be renewed in the spirits of our mind and the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It's like we are a new person because, because of God, because of his spirit that dwells within us. Um, other thoughts on that? And it's easy to do that on Sunday morning. I feel like it's easy to do that on Sunday morning. Um, it's harder to do that when we're being challenged, when we're being uh, prodded and goaded. And not that we do that to one another, but it does happen. 
I think the challenge is for us, even when that happens, we are to be completely humble, completely gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, eagerness, eager to maintain the unity. What about this unity? What is the, we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit when we go to another passage, but the unity that Paul talks about here in Ephesians, what is the basis of that unity? It has to be truth. Truth? We're going to talk a lot about that in John 17 here in a minute. What's that? Unified in spirit. We are unified in spirit. And so let's turn back to Ephesians, the third chapter, um, and just quickly look at verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees uh, before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is, abundant, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think According to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I don't know how many times I read that and I thought, yes, God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And I'm amazed by that. And I kind of glossed over the fact that it's according to the power that is at work within us. We play a part in what God accomplishes and it is amazing. It is beyond all we ask or think, and it's because of what he has given us. We have unity in that spirit, the power of God that fills us, that allows Christ to live within our hearts. It's the same Christ, it's the same spirit. We have unity in that. We should have unity in that. Does that make sense? And so we'll, we'll talk more about unity uh, again in just a, in just a, in a few minutes. Uh, but there are some more things that we want to get to uh, here in Ephesians. So the, the, the idea is the behavior spread. Sorry. Um, it, in the NIV it says that make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And so, like, every, every effort, every single effort, everything that we can possibly do to stay unified in the same Spirit. We should do. Right. And I think it's good to remember that regardless of where we might fall on one issue or another, like we need to all remember we all have the same spirit that we are trying to serve God. Right. Um, and, you know, politically, a lot of times we go, those people over there are, are morons and we can't, we have no uh, agreement with them, but they want what's best for the country too. Right. Um, and so we, we all, our spirit is, we want to serve God. And as long as we remember, we're on the same team in that right. regard, no matter where we fall on a particular question. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. That's for any thoughts? Yes, Anne.
feel justified it's their problem they're the ones that have, they you know I'll let them come to me I'm here I'm ready yes mm-hmm right absolutely but if it's not working it's not because we're not humble. It's not because, if, I'm sorry, if, the, if we're not reconciled, if there's not peace, it's not because uh, I have a pride issue. I'm showing complete humility. It's not because I'm harsh, because I'm showing complete gentleness. It's not because I'm just done with them. No, I'm showing all of the patience. And I'm showing, I'm making every effort. I am eager. Uh, I am bearing and forbearing. Um, if it's not, so if that peace, that unity doesn't exist, it's not because I'm not doing these things. And I would say that the conflicts that I have more often than not, uh, whether I'm the right or the wrong, I'm not demonstrating this. This is tough for me. This is convicting for me. There's a, you know, I'll just say that, you know, uh, many other people could have led this study. Um, I feel like I needed this study. Um, and I think I needed it uh, for Ephesians uh, 1 and 2 at the very least. So these are the things, these are the behaviors, these are the attitudes, these are the, the hearts that promote unity, that unity in the spirit and the bond of peace, that, that togetherness, that harmony, the love that we have for one another. Later on in the chapter, it's going to talk about what are the threats, what are the things that destroy that peace and that harmony that we should have, the unity of the spirit. And so when we think about... Um, Verses 29 through 31. Let me go ahead and read that. Uh, chapter 4, uh, 29, uh, chapter 4, verse 29 through 31. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for a building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us, loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I know it went longer than I announced there. But, so when we, we think about, okay, these the behaviors that promote unity and harmony, peace and love, what are those things in the scripture here that talk about that are threats, that, that destroy it, that undermine it? Unwholesome words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anger, 
wrath, anger. Yeah. So, do those, let me put this on, corrupting talk, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander. So do those things describe us? Not maybe the version of ourselves that's here on Sunday morning, but maybe the version of ourselves that Monday morning is on the way to work and, you know, they're picking up trash, going down 10th Street, and it's just delaying you. Or maybe the version of yourself that uh, a friend or a spouse had a harsh word in response to something. Mitch, did you have a comment? Yeah, be consistent on that. Pretty sure I violated that today. I'll be honest with you. I know I did last night. Bob. Interesting, enough, right at the top of the list is corrupting talk. And that's where all those other things are demonstrated. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. All of those are, are functions of our communication. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. You ever said anything and you just as soon as they came out, you just want to snatch them and bring them back and you can't do it. So, you know, Mitch talked about how, like, how difficult it is, like how diligent we need to be on corrupting talk to make sure that the things that come out of our mouth are, give grace to those who hear and are for building up. Is there anything else on this list that's scary? There's, there's something for me, and so I just want to, is there anything on here that's like, ooh, yes, Gary? Grieving the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. So if I have corrupting talk, you know, people hear that and people are impacted that and so by that. And so there's an opportunity for me to build up, uh, but instead I've not only damaging myself by having thoughts and, uh, and voicing those that are, that are not helpful, but I'm also, there, there's a damage to someone else who's hearing that, right? Um, bitterness, you know, I could be better at one of you and you would never know it. Like, I look at bitterness as kind of like that uh, silent killer. You can have it, no one knows. We can keep that, we can keep that quiet. Slander is kind of like a, a quiet disease. So slander, sometimes we think of it, well, it's like an untruth about someone, and I don't lie about anyone. I think we need to really think about it as something that's just damaging to someone's reputation or what someone else thinks of that person. It's just talking bad about somebody. Even if it's true. Even if it's true. Speech that injures. Speech that injures. Absolutely. Well, the question is, is it, is it really helpful? Or is it you being angry and upset and radical? Right. Now, we need to... So this is, this is self-evaluation. So I'm going to say some things. And again, I'm not thinking of any individual in particular. 
I just want us to think about it. When we think about bitterness, I don't know that we have a problem with bitterness. I think we might. I don't know that we have a problem with slander, but I think we might. Like reflect upon the, particularly when you're frustrated with something, something's not going your way, it's not meeting your expectations, and think about the conversations that you're having with your family, with your closest friends, with your spouse, maybe people that don't even know of, of the situation, you're just venting. Do we do that? I'll just call on example, like an example that I used not while I'm here. But I remember I went to, uh, I went to a worship assembly and, you know, I think we were there for 15 minutes. It was, it just, and I was like, why did I even go? I came back and Chris and I were dating at the time and uh, she was super sick. She was with my mom at home. And I came back and I'm like, that was worthless. We prayed, we sang, right? Like, I just had a bad attitude about it. And I, I slandered the preacher at that time. It didn't build anyone up. If anything, it discouraged, discouraged Christian from that time. Mom still went there, so. Like, what does is, what is she think? I don't know. These are little examples, and I don't see anywhere in Scripture where it's like those private conversations uh, are exempt from the slander rule. Tony. Mm-hmm. It's really eye-opening to some things about. You think that you don't have a problem with anger because you don't have, you're not punching people in the face. Mm-hmm. But we call that something different. Oh, so you give it a name that makes it nicer. It's kind of like, well, we don't call it killing babies, we just call it abortion. Mm-hmm. So you may say, well, I don't have a problem with slander. I mean, that's, I mean, that's almost, you can take legal action against me for that, but you might call it a nicer thing. Mm-hmm. It's less taboo to make yourself feel better about it. I have probably called it that. Um, and I don't know too many people that don't. So I'm saying that you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we, we probably do. We just want to probably be no more nice about it. Soften it a little bit. Yeah. Yep, Phil? I always find it interesting when there's lists like this how similar and yet different all of the different aspects. It's like it touches on all of the different aspects of, of this communication type. And it, it, I wonder, it almost seems progressional. Mm-hmm. You know, you have internal bitterness and that, like you said, that's something that's right. within us and it grows and we become angry and then we start talking to others and then it's not only talk, it's slanderous. Right. And you can see a progression there mm-hmm. Boy, and then there, there's uh, another thing in verse 25. Uh, therefore, laying aside falsehood, we don't want to be, we don't want to be lying. But therefore, uh, uh, therefore, having laid aside, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, uh, for we are members one of another. I, th- I think the idea there is being open and honest with what we say. Some sometimes. Right. We have things that need to be said, mm-hmm. 
and because uh, we are afraid of how they may be taken, mm -hmm. we don't say that, that we don't go ahead and deal with truth. Right. But it's so much easier to deal with truth when we are completely humble, when we are completely gentle, when we are patient and forbearing with one another, and we're just eager to maintain that bond of peace and the, the bond of uh, unity. Uh, let me just read it so I don't uh, misquote it any worse than I already have. Um, the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, right? When we, you know, when we're approaching that, it is easier. It's difficult, but it's easier. Tony? Right. Uh, you can say that, well, I'm not going to be bitter until the cows come home, but it doesn't mean it's gone. Right. Just because I don't say something doesn't mean it's gone. Mm -hmm. Just the same as I was saying with the anger. Just because I don't punch people in the face doesn't mean that I'm, I'm properly dealt with it. Right. Uh, James talks about a root of bitterness. That means you, you cut the branches off, but the root's still there. Mm -hmm. The only way to get rid of that, it's kind of like uh, I had to take some wormwood. Mm -hmm. um, and you couldn't scrape your tongue enough mm. to get that off. But the cure for it was something that counteracts it. Mm. And that's the stuff he talks about there in chapter 4. Is yeah. These are the things that counteract it. These are the four options that James rightly says you can't have good and bitter water coming out of the same right. spring. And the only way to overcome those is by doing the exact opposite of them. So if you're bitter towards someone, you need to love them and do good for them. So, so the antidote in verse 30, what is the antidote? Caitlin? Yeah, he says get rid of it or put it away. Well, how do I put it away? That's exactly right. Mitch. Well, and also to remember what God has done for us through Christ. Right. I mean, that seems like that has to be where our focus is through all of this. Don't ever lose sight that you were in the same boat. You, you needed help and you got it. Mm-hmm. That's 100% accurate, right? So how are we to be kind? And how are we, how are we to be uh, forgiving to someone who may have hurt us very deeply? Um, how, are you, yeah, how do we kind and tenderhearted and forgiving? And it's the only way we can do that is if we put our focus back on what God has done for us through Jesus. We, again, self-reflect. Like, what, did I, what have I done to Christ? How dare I have bitterness and anger and clamor and wrath towards someone else? Is, it, well, is that what they needed? Is that what they need from us? Someone, even if they're in the wrong, do they need bitterness, wrath, clamor, slander? Is that what they need from us? Well, when we were in that situation with Christ, what did we need? We need forgiveness. And 
by God's grace, we got it, right? And so what does that say to us when we've been recipients of this and we won't give it out to anyone or to someone? Um, and I, 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 there's, I think there's, in, this, in the text here, it talks about or references how God feels when we do this. And it's one of the scariest things in Scripture. And it goes back to Gary's comment about grieving the Holy Spirit. So, in verse 30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the, uh, for the day of redemption. That references back uh, to Isaiah, the 63rd chapter. And, and I'm going to read that real quickly. Not the whole chapter, but just a few verses. In verse, beginning of verse 7, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their Savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the love and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and his pity. He redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. And so there's a picture of God's people and what he has done for them. He's loved them. The steadfast love of the Lord, the abundant steadfast love of the Lord, compassion, goodness. He saved them. He was their savior. Uh, He redeemed them. He lifted them up and he carried them. And here's the scary part. In verse 10, they rebelled. They rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy. And he himself fought against them. So, how does God feel when he pours himself out in abundance upon his people He saves them when they don't even deserve it. He demonstrates his steadfast love. And then they turn around and rebel. He becomes their enemy. Like, can you imagine that? So we have these behaviors that contribute to unity, to love, to harmony with one another. Uh, We have these behaviors then also that undermine it and that destroy it. Um, And when we exhibit those, we are not just hurting ourselves, but we're hurting the group. We're hurting one another. And there's not many verses that are more serious than God becoming an enemy and fighting against someone. We know how that works out every time with the person with whom God is fighting. Thoughts or comments on that? Bob? Good, I was like seven slides behind. Let me try this again. There we go. All right, sorry about that. Any thoughts on that? Like, that's humbling to me. That's really humbling when I think about 
Am I, am I holding on to bitterness in my heart? Am I demonstrating wrath and anger or clamor? Am I, do I have corrupting talk? Is the words that come out of, my, out of my mouth not giving grace and not building up? And, yeah, I'll just leave it that. Bob. Absolutely. One of the one of the translations talks about. I think it's the NIV talks about that we are kind of kind of one another. We're tender-hearted. Another way to say that is that we're compassionate. Yes, John. You know, I, I read this passage and I shake my head. Like, how, how could they be that way? And it seems that way with so much in the Old Testament. When I read about Israel's response. So many times, what they were guilty of was murmuring, complaining, mm-hmm. mm. and yeah. you know. You just say those words and you think, well, what's the big deal? But it, it was a big deal. And some of the things that have been said, the impact we have on one another and God's reaction to that, it's, it's significant. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, going, going back to Genesis 6-6, it, it, is, it is a terrible thing just to try to picture God being grieved Mm-hmm. at what I have said or right. what I have done. Right. The, the idea of compassion, um, I, think, I think literally it means that we suffer together. And, I, and, and sometimes, and I think particularly when we think about discussions that we have with one another, when we lack compassion, there are some like blanks that we're, we're seeing in people's life and we're kind of filling in the blanks with maybe a better situation than actually is happening. And, and maybe, maybe, I don't know if I'm saying this well, but you know, you think, think about your own life and think about the, the struggles that you might have. And does anyone know to the fullest extent what you are going through right now? You know, if you have a spouse, your spouse might know, your parents might know, they might have an an inkling or or they might know a lot of details, but no one knows all of the struggles, the history, the memories, kind of the the scars that we might have, the disappointments, right? The insecurities and the fears that we have. No one knows that. So like for me right now, I, I think compassion comes a little bit easy for you guys because you can, you, you can see what I'm struggling with. 
you can see one of the things that I'm struggling with. Um, and people, even strangers, quick to show compassion, like when I'm out and about, and they, they see, like, oh, what's happening, you know? Oh, that's tough, you know? And, and, and there, there's kindness there. Um, but self-evaluate, self do you need compassion? Do you need someone to have an attitude of, I want to share your burden and not add to it with anger, wrath, bitterness, clamor, and slander? Uh, I, you know, the, the, I'm going through this. My biggest stressor this week has not been my foot. On Tuesday, 8,000 people at my, job, at my, my work, they lost their jobs. 8,000 people on Tuesday, the first work day of the year, first thing in the morning said, you don't have a job. Like, I think I have problems. I think I need compassion. Man, these people need compassion. And that's happening all over the place. And I just think that if we approach any situation, whether it's us or a stranger, and we just have in our mind that we have no idea what they are going through, but we know that they need compassion, that changes how we approach them. And the person who might be yelling at me unfairly, what they need at the moment is not my anger, is not my harsh response, but it's my compassion. The temptation is to harbor that bitterness or to react in kind. Um, but we need to be above that. We need to be, we need to have Christ living in us and we need to react better. There's a story that several of you know of, of me. And, you know, sometimes you get in an argument and have some harsh words. And then later on you're like, man, I should have said that. There was a moment where I said the exact right thing. And it was awful. And, and, and we, we kind of laugh about it because it was ridiculous what I said. It wasn't, I, mean, I didn't use any foul language or anything like that. But I can tell you for one thing, that lady did not see Christ living in me. And, you know, there was a, there was a little bit in me that was like, I said it and it was just like, I felt kind of good. Because that never happens where you say the exact right thing, right? And, and, but Christ, you know, was God glorified? Was that, did, was anything built up? Absolutely not. And so I say that because I know some of you might be thinking, Ryan, you're kind of a hypocrite because I know that story. And I want to let you know right now that, uh, that it's embarrassing to me. And I've changed my perspective on that. Um, Jesus did not give us what we deserve. Instead, he gave us what we needed. Forgiveness, mercy. He was compassionate towards us. So, how might this... Uh, I'm on the wrong side. How might this apply to our family here? I hope... Uh, I'm spending more time on this than I thought. I hope I'm not belaboring it, but I do want us to really think about this, particularly... Well, uh, let me stop. How does this help our family here? Does it help our family here? Gary. I'm thinking of a lesson from Steve. Probably seek first to understand, then to be understood. A lot of times when we're looking at something, we have it all figured out in our mind. Mm -hmm. And we know exactly how to approach it, how to fix it, but we don't fully understand where the other person is coming from. And things can get skewed very quickly, very easily, and feelings can be hurt when you're thinking you're doing a good job. Right. How does this help us as we prepare a study? 
together. Finances or otherwise. Yes. That's right. That's right. And we're all trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's Satan who's trying to convince us that we're on opposing sides. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. That's wrong. Yep. Yep. Tony. There's a false premise of thinking that we're, we're one body and we're to be one, we're like minded, and we think that that like mindedness is that we agree. Have to agree on the the minus nuance of every phrase. And the fact of the matter is, I, I don't even agree with myself. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm wrestling with things. I'm thinking mm -hmm. through things. Yeah. And if I can appreciate the fact that I don't always agree with what I say, right? How can I expect anyone else? But our our bond isn't that. Paul says to the Philippians that the like-mindedness is the mind of Christness, right. and that that's what he's dealing with here in Ephesians four is having that mind. That that's what binds us. It's not. It's par for the course that we're going to disagree with about things because we're weighing things differently. Mm -hmm. 
there's too many times I've designed something and another engineer will come along who clearly doesn't understand the entire problem that I did mm -hmm. and goes with fresh eyes, well, why didn't you do this? Well, I didn't know that that was even an option. Right. Oh, I never looked at it that way. Um, that's not a bad thing. That, that's a rejuvenating thing. And if I'm just going to design things in a hollow space, Yeah, oh, go ahead now. Yeah, and I think, you know, briefly we'll talk about that here in a second because we're running out of time a little bit. But that's, that's why I wanted us to talk about this as we approach any study. But again, particularly when the stakes are high, 
and emotions run deep, energy is high. That's a, that's a fertile ground for conflict and for hurt feelings and for offense. And probably someone's going to say something in a way that I, you know, I might say something in a way that I don't mean to say it or come across in a certain way. Um, but if we're, if we're not ascribing it ill intent, we're thinking the best, we're hoping the best for one another, we're not ascribing motives, we're not being offended at one another, we can work through this together and we can stay unified as we have some very serious uh, conversations. Yes, Bob? These last Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the second verse, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and walk in love. Right. As Christ loved us. Right. Uh, a morning Bible study, uh, in, in the young uh, Bible study, I started the first reading. And a theme throughout that entire book is, is love. Mm-hmm. And how does Paul begin that? Uh, I, I glorify in Christ. Yeah. His crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all he glorifies. Right. That's all he uh, yep. um, so a couple things kind of to wrap up Ephesians 4 before we move on is that like we need we do need Jesus more than ever and we need Jesus because when we look at Jesus it shapes and influences how we treat one another how we react to one another how we react to anyone when we are uh, offended or when we are attacked or whatever right um, we I need to be completely humble completely gentle patient bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of spirit and the bond of peace so that so going back so that we can grow and mature in our love and unity and be equipped for the work of service. So when we fail to do those things, we undermine the work that we are to be doing together. And I need to put away corrupting talk. I need to put away anger and slander and bitterness. I need to be holding on to Jesus who helps me not respond in that way, but to show kindness and compassion and forgiveness just like Christ forgave me. That's my mentality when I'm dealing with you or anyone else. As a recipient of the forgiveness of, of my sins through Christ by God, I show love and compassion and forbearance with each other. All right, so we talked about that. I've asked Craig to lead us in prayers. We reflect upon some of these lessons that we learned from Ephesians 4. God, our Father, to you as a group of your people, as your body, Lord, we want to be one with you, and we know that you have promised to to be with us. We are, we take heart to know that you are here as we study, as we we strive to to know your will, to do your will. Lord, we pray that you would fill us with your spirit, the spirit of humility, a spirit of selflessness, a spirit of, of grace and peace, long-suffering towards each other. Lord, we all desire to know your will, to know your truth. Uh, not our own, not our own desires, but yours. Lord, help us to submit to you, 
help us to give preference to each other, to be patient as we study together. Uh, we give you thanks, Lord, for the same things that, that Paul did in, in this chapter. We are thankful, Lord, for the apostles and for the prophets, for our, our shepherds and our evangelists and our teachers. These are, are people who are intended to equip us for the work that you have us to do. Lord, we desire uh, we desire to attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Lord, we want to have mature manhood, a measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. We don't, we don't want just some or part. We want all of it. Lord, we want to be complete in you, perfect in you. And we need you, we need your spirit, your son, to lead us and to guide us in that. Thank you for, for the souls and the hearts that are here today. Help us. Lead us and guide us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we've got about five minutes left and we need to cover John 17 the entire chapter now uh, obviously we're going to uh, need to abbreviate this just a little bit but there's a few things that I think uh, we can we can cover um, that I think I'm hoping will be helpful and then um, when we close out uh, Mike Shepard's going to lead us a prayer here in just a few minutes if you don't mind go ahead and though, uh, turn over to John chapter 17 and you know, I th maybe maybe we're just familiar we're familiar with this passage, and we can we can speak through a couple of things. But kind of by way of memory, uh, or just by way of a reminder, this is Jesus's prayer. And some, you know, we know that sometimes things are really important by the w the words someone uses, or maybe the energy that they give to how they say it. Sometimes we know something super important just by when they say it. And Jesus, that this chapter. Uh, starts off with Jesus saying, Father, the hour has come. This is the moment that we've been looking up to. In John, in John 2 and 7, twice in 7 and 8, it's all about the, the hour has not come, the hour has not come. We're ready. And Jesus uses this time to say this prayer. Um, and some of the, the themes of this prayer is about knowing the word in verses, or keeping the word in verse 3, in verse 6, 7, 8, 14, 17, 19, 25, 26. It all talks about this idea of knowing the word or growing in the word. It's just repeated over and over again. Jesus says, in verse 3, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Like the, the question of the ages, eternal life. Jesus says it's knowing the Father, it's knowing the Son. Um, in, so in, in verse 3, it's eternal life is knowing God and Jesus. In verses 6 through 8, the disciples then that God gave Jesus, they know the truth through the word. Jesus revealed or manifested himself to disciples. God gave Jesus the word and Jesus gave the disciples the word. And then the disciples believed that word and they were sanctified through truth. And thy word is truth, we see towards the end of the chapter. 
In verses 20 and 21, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, his disciples, but for also for all those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you, you have sent me. And so, the question is, is what is the result of belief through the word? Well, belief comes through the word, but the result is unity with the Father. And then the world will believe. And so, if we are not uh, committed to the word, if we don't know the word, if we don't believe the word, again, not only do we suffer because we lack unity with the Father, but the world who should believe through through kind of the, the unity that we have with the Father... Uh, is undermined. It's impacted. And again, I just want us to think about um, the importance of the word that we're going to be looking at. Um, Belief in that word resulting in the unity that we have with the Father, the unity that we have with one another, and the further impact of what that unity will have on the world. We're going to be showing them who Jesus is. And through through that revelation, that manifestation of who Jesus is, they come to believe. And then they have unity with the Father too. And that's fantastic. I know we went through that really fast. We are running out of time. But um, but I want us to think about that as we get, we get into the Word. Uh, comments on that? The impact is so great. It is. It's easy to think it's small, it's not going to have, you know, it's, it's just us maybe even, but it's so much bigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Leanne. I think it's what John meant, but to me it's really powerful to think that is for all That was like 40 minutes and five. So, um, sorry about that. I didn't manage time well. It's just typical. But, but so I do, I, I do and, and Mike, if you could lead us in prayer here in just a minute. Um, but, you know, so kind of like how this applies to us so that when we study God's word, we, I, want us, I want us to be thinking about our attitude and our heart, not only to God, but to his word, to each other. Right, we've talked, I've said this several times, I just want to keep, you know, the the stakes are high and emotions can run strong. And so prepare your heart and your mind. What if someone says something that offends you, um, that you don't like? Um, Like, let's commit ourselves today that we're not going to hold bitterness in our heart. That we're not going to express anger or wrath or clamor. And we're not going to talk about one another. We're going to build one another up. We're going to, in the privacy of our own home or the, the conversations that we have with our best friend, we are going to build one another up. We're going to, and we, we don't have time to get into this, but we're going to, we're going to be patient and we're going to be kind and we're going to believe the best and we're going to hope the best. And the common ground that we have is Jesus Christ. We have his word that's been revealed to us and we all have a commitment that we want to know it and we want to do it. And that's, that's what I want us to think about uh, for one another as we get into this study. Um, 
Mike, if you don't mind leading us a prayer, and then I'm going to have a couple things to say after that prayer. Thank you, Mike. Well, Lord God, we, we are so grateful for the opportunity that we've had this afternoon as we come together and begin this study. And uh, I'm just personally so grateful for the focus of, of the study today. Uh, this, this idea of, of, of unity and the fact that we are one in Christ. Um, the fact that uh, we should never speak words that tear down, that only build up. The fact that... Um, if need be, we need to even let ourselves be hurt. Because Christ had every opportunity to walk away from the cross, but he allowed himself to experience the ultimate hurt for us. And we pray that as, um, as we continue in this study, that uh, these things will remain in the forefront of our mind. Um, even though we may not always agree, we may not always think the same way, we may come to different conclusions. Um, agreeing to disagree sometimes is okay. And um, as long as we remember that we are one in Christ, we are all, um, our faces are all faced toward the cross and what was done for us. And we just pray that we will never forget that. And that our ultimate goal, obviously, is to um, obtain prize that you have set before us and to do what we can to be there with as many of us as we can. We love you. We thank you for your word. Continue to be with our study over the next several weeks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you everyone for uh, your attention, your participation. If um, I'd like feedback, um, just how did this land and resonate with you all? Uh, if you have any uh, feedback relative to how we can make uh, the next time even more effective. Uh, that'd be uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. We are going to talk about the uh, authority next week. Um, as we move along, particularly as we get more into the uh, scriptures relative to finance, I do intend to send some scriptures out, right? And just hey, consider these as we move forward. And so um, I'm going to try to do that for the authority. Just again, just so you can kind of um, prepare uh, your hearts and your minds and uh, be be studying those same things as well. Um, I'm going to stop this.